0: Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Glad you're with us today on The Retirement Toolbox, and we've got a great show for you. We're going to be covering a topic that probably impacts, I don't know... 80, 90, maybe even close to 100% of the folks listening to the show today. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searle. He is your financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area. Also with an office down in Bradenton, Florida, for those of you snowbirds listening to the show who might be in that neck of the woods as well. Uh, Main office is in Strongsville. You can find us online by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Scott, we're going to be talking about 401k, frequently asked questions today, which I'm looking forward to. Pretty much everybody listening to the show probably has someone in their household with a 401k or similar type plan um, that will also kind of apply to the things that we talk about today. And we're we're just going to cover some basics, talk about some of the important questions that need to be considered and asked about those plans. So should be fun to do that. Always good to get back to basics. And uh, speaking of back to basics, how have you been?
1: I've been doing great. I've been doing great. You know what? Looking forward to... Uh... Are the lights back on, by the way? Yes, yes, the lights are back on. The ironic thing is, is that uh, the other office in here, the other tenant in my building, there's, there's three tenants in the building. They had the same issue, too.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, it, at least it wasn't just you. It wasn't, so you weren't tar- it wasn't. It didn't feel like you were targeted.
1: It wasn't just me. And I, I tell you, I am, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving coming up, one of my favorite holidays of the year.
0: Yeah, that's right. Do You have any big uh any big cooking plans for this year? Are you doing fried turkey or anything like that?
1: Well, it's kind of, you know, usually we have everybody over our house, 20 something people and we have uh you know, we do two birds. I usually smoke one and then my wife will do one in the oven. But this year with the the coronavirus thing, I, I I'm not I'm not sure how many people we're actually going to have. You know, some a lot of the people are come are my wife's aunts, aunts and uncles and they're older and you know, they're you know, concerned about the virus. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. So,
0: Well, uh, we are, have decided to, um, for our company to probably going to do like a remote, uh, Christmas party this year, um, where we're going to do like gift cards for everybody in the company to order like mobile gift cards to order delivery from, you know, a fancy restaurant or something nearby, like really, really go all out and have fun and we'll do that in place of meeting up somewhere, but then we're going to all do it at the same time and then do a virtual, a virtual party so everybody can join from the comfort of their home with their takeout. They'll, everyone will have food that they, you know, that they really wanted to order from a particular location and um, have everybody join yeah. in on the party that way and maybe do some fun games or something like that. So.
1: Oh, that. That's kind of a neat idea. You know they deliver beer too, just so you know. Oh, that's, uh, that's good to know. Yes. Yeah. yes, a lot of the breweries, at least uh, around here, uh, the breweries they they do beer deliveries. We
0: may we may have a few folks partake in that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Good. Just a mistaken party. I Good
0: mean. idea to throw into the uh, to throw into the equation. Yeah, yeah. Um, or we can make it a B, byob thing since it'll be you know yeah, they'll, they'll okay. already be at their houses. But in theory, should be fun. We'll see how it goes. Uh, hopefully, yes. hopefully it's fun. Hard to replace that in person party atmosphere with a virtual party, but. Yeah, it is. Got to Every, do the best everything's we can, like you know. Yeah,
1: everything's like that now. Yeah,
0: well, good luck in your preparations for your Thanksgiving party, and um, let us know how that uh, how that turns out later on. Love Absolutely, to hear what you end up did, doing, and I'm sure it'll be good. However, it turns out, uh, you'll you'll make a lot of people happy. That's for sure. Uh, Well, let's dive into things today. 401k, frequently asked questions. Um, I think these are going to be really, really helpful for folks. Really, no matter where you are in the planning or saving spectrum, um, I think this advice is going to really be helpful across the board. Let's talk about advice, first of all. So free advice or advice for a low fee. Some companies offer this to their employees. Is it a good idea to take advantage of that, that free or low cost advice that your employer might offer
1: you? Well, you know what? So I do employee education meetings for companies 401k plans. And so, you know, I'll go into a company, you know, several times a year. We'll we'll do a meeting and we'll go over different topics and education things. And you certainly do want to take advantage of any type of, of education that the employee is providing for you through the 401k plan. Advice varies across the board because, you know, it's, You know, a lot of the times the 401k platforms themselves are going to have different calculators and different things in there where it will say, right now, if you keep saving at your rate, you're going to have, you know, $1,000 a month in retirement income or whatever it is. Um, You know, that's how the 401k companies provide advice to people. Now, sometimes your employer, you know, will have advisors that come in like myself sometimes with these companies and what we'll do is provide a little bit more one-on-one interaction Uh, and you want to take advantage of whatever you know type of advice you can get but at the same time you have to be aware of who you're getting the advice from if it's an 800 number that you're calling through the 401k plan provider you know, and they're just they don't know you from Adam. They've got only certain things they can tell you and certain things they could do for you. If it's a one on one meetings that are offered with a, you know a financial advisor to give you some tips and ideas, they're going to be limited on what they can do for you, too. But at least, you know, definitely take advantage of those types of things that are available and they can usually run you know, a lot of the projections where if you continue to save, maybe you should put money into Roth instead of the traditional 401k and, and stuff like that, give you a little bit of advice. You certainly want to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, advice can be great. Just uh, know that there are different levels of advice, right? You can get advice from people who are really well qualified and others who may have different motivations or may only be able to speak on certain subjects. I think, exactly. of my, I think of my mom in a situation like this, um, you know, she's worked in HR her whole life and helps direct people through their retirement planning choices and those kinds of things. But her advice is not limited to what you should invest in. It's just making you aware of the different opportunities under, you know, their, their plans that are available mm-hmm. to you and making sure that you're taking advantage of those things. So it's a little bit more of an awareness advice and not an actual investing advice. Um, exactly. So there's a scope of advice that certain people will have, in, d- depending on the company or the state or government uh, situation. So you know, just understand the perspective, I think is important. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about 401k loans. Sometimes people get a, uh, an idea that, hey, I can go, it's my money. Why not borrow from some of those things that I've saved for retirement and use it for something I want now? Uh, we talked about vacation last time. Let's say I want to get a boat, Scott. But instead of cash flowing that, I'm just going to go grab it from my 401k,
1: and we'll replenish that money later on.
0: Good idea, bad idea to do loans from your 401k?
1: So, Walter, I've been doing this for 28 years or so, and I have always said it's a bad idea to take loans from 401ks. And my reasoning for that is it's too hard to save money for your retirement. You know, you're taking... You know, money out of your paycheck, every paycheck, and you're saving and you're saving and you're saving. And it's designed for you to be there for your retirement because things, this is not your grandfather's retirement anymore. It's not like you have social security and a pension and you have to use very little of your own money to supplement your retirement. That pyramid's flipped upside down. Now you probably don't have a pension at all. You have social security, but now the majority of your income through retirement is going to come from your own savings. So if you rob from that to buy a boat or do things, you know, you're going to kick yourself when you get to retirement.
0: You're not uh, robbing other, Peter to pay Paul. You're robbing Peter to pay Peter.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know now the 401k loans, you do pay that back through your paycheck, but there's also... You know, so that's another thing to consider is if, you know, you're making X amount every paycheck and you take a loan, you have to pay that loan back and it comes out of your paycheck. So, you know, I never liked the idea of borrowing money from the 401k. And, you know, there are some, you know, you are also restricted on the types of loan. You can't just, you know, go get loans. I mean, you, you have, there's hardship loans. You can do a loan for a first time home purchase a birth, adoption, you also have the ability to do it for, you know, the if you've been affected by the coronavirus, uh, that was just recently added. So, you, you're kind of limited on the scope of what you can take, you know, the dollar amount you can take as well as the reason why you can take loans from 401ks. So, it's not, you know, the best place you want to grab money from uh, because it's just too hard, you know, to save that money, and one other thing to consider too, is that if you get fired or you leave that job, you're going to have to pay that loan back after you leave or get fired from your job, or your loan amount becomes taxable. So people get stuck in that position too, where all of a sudden they have a hundred thousand dollar 401k, they took a loan for twenty thousand, and then they get fired, and now all of a sudden they get have to pay taxes on $20,000 extra. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Big, uh, big hit if you're not uh, kind of aware of all the different rules. So I can see how that can get complicated if you're not mm-hmm. kind of paying attention to some of the moving parts that are involved with a 401k loan. Yeah. Often while you put it in the bad idea category. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, let's transition a little bit to 401k rollovers. Not such a bad word as loans, a different thing too. When does a rollover make sense and is there a time when it doesn't make sense for somebody?
1: You know what, 401k rollovers, most people when they, when they leave their jobs, uh, they end up rolling over their 401k plans. And a lot of the reason, the, I usually recommend that you roll over a 401k plan in most situations to an IRA. And the reason being is because number one, in your 401k plan, you've got a limited amount of investment selections that are available to you Uh, they're designed to not have you're not gonna have 50 different choices in there you're gonna have like maybe 12 20 you know not you know a ton of different investment choices so when you roll it over to an IRA now you can invest in anything you want All right, and hopefully you're working with somebody that's gonna help guide you that also the IRA if you want to start doing Roth conversions or things like that you can't do that out of the 401k Sometimes if they have a 401k option, a few plans will allow a conversion within the 401k, but that's not exactly really common. Uh, and the, the other time, too, is when you leave your company, a lot of people don't like having their plan at their old company. You know, get it out of there. If you can roll it over to your new employer's 401k plan, if you're still you know, younger and you're looking to still continue to accumulate, those assets it may make sense to roll that money to your new employer's 401k plan is a lot of the times the costs are a little bit lower because you're not paying for any advice Um, they usually have institutional investments in there that've got lower fees in there so if you're just continuing to save and save and save then you'll want to start you know it's not a bad idea to roll that over to your new employer's 401k plan. But like I said, most people generally uh, don't keep them at their old employer for the simple reason that they don't want anything tied back there to their old employer too. I'm
0: kind of in that boat, yeah. I don't know why you would want to leave something at an old employer, even if you left on good terms. It's just like, let's cut that cord.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Move it to your new employer or move it to an IRA.
0: Less to keep up with. That's just one, one less account I've got to remember to log in and check and you know keep track of, that kind of thing.
1: And I've had people come into my office where they literally have got four different 401ks at four different employers that they never did anything with.
0: Because we all, you know, a lot of people bounce around from employer Mm -hmm. to employer more often than we used to in the old days. So Exactly. I imagine that's a pretty common story. Um, I've met a few people who have like, uh, I don't know why, but they've just like maybe to take advantage of certain offers and things like that over the years. You know, they have three different checking, three different savings accounts, all at different banks, all under different logins, and I'm like, how do you
1: keep up with mm-hmm. it all? <laughs> it's like yeah, too I just had a uh, a new client join our family here, and um, he was in the military, and they were stationed at all these different places, and they had checking accounts and CDs and all these different banks everywhere he was stationed. <laughs> So in one of the things they said, it was just a super confusing or it's just too much of it. Oh, that's,
0: that's pretty funny and interesting to think about that. Um, too good. Uh, great conversation about 401k rollovers. Uh, make sure that you evaluate that carefully when that comes up in your financial life. Uh, other 401k matters we should discuss. Let's talk about target date funds. Are they good options for most people? Because it sure is easy to just say, yeah, I plan to retire and, 2050, boom, there's a thing that says retire in 2050, select me as your fund, done. Nice and easy. I like the sound of that, but is it really a good option?
1: Well, you know what? They're not a bad option. Okay. Most people don't mess around a whole lot with their 401k plans. A lot of people simply just you know, put their money in in their 401k, every paycheck, select their initial investments when they first start, and then don't look at it again for 10 years. I mean, that's... You know, that's how ge- people generally work with, with the 401Ks. So the target date fund, it's going to automatically adjust the risk level of that portfolio as you get closer and closer to that target date. So if, it's a, if you think you're going to retire in 2040 and you pick the 2040 target date, it's going to be more aggressive today. And as it gets closer to 2040, it's gonna get more and more conservative. So if you're not going to mess around a lot with the 401k plan, target dates aren't necessarily a bad thing for you to do, especially if you're maybe 10 years out from retirement. Now, if you're 20 years old and you're just starting in your 401k and you dump all of your, you put everything into the stock funds in there, that'll probably make you more money than using the target date funds, you know, because, if you're 20 and you got 40 years, just put it in stocks and keep saving money and that's probably gonna work out the best for you. But as you get closer, the target dates aren't necessarily a bad idea for people that don't wanna monkey much with it. One thing to consider though, is there's different types of target date funds and they are not gonna tell you this. Different companies either go to retirement or through retirement. So the difference would be is, let's say you have a target date fund that's 2040. Well, a target date fund that is to retirement means that by the time you get to 2040, it's very, very conservative because it's going to be almost all bonds, very conservative when you retire at 2040. One that goes through retirement is going to be shooting more for a through retirement so it's not going to be as conservative when you get to 2040 it's going to have a lot more stocks and and a lot less bonds and be more aggressive so you need to find out if it's a two or a through retirement because that kind of changes the way they're invested so like i said for some people that don't want to mess with it and maybe you're 10 years out for your 401k plan you know, the target date fund's are not necessarily the best thing. I think the best overall option is picking individual funds that meet your risk tolerance and diversify between the different investment you know, funds inside there and then monitor and change those. But most people don't want to deal with that.
0: That's great. Uh, Scott, I learned something new today. I love it when I learned something that I didn't know at the beginning of the show. And that's the, the target date funds being different, uh, the, the two and the three retirement distinction. I didn't know yes. that. That's pretty cool. Hey, I, I am the pleased Walter. You do? Yeah, I'm very pleased. Uh, target date funds. There you go. The skinny on those. 401k FAQs. I got another one for you, Scott. Let's talk about contribution amounts. Let's say your company is matching some of your contributions should you contribute enough to max out the company match and then stop there or is it okay to put in more or would those dollars be better off somewhere else
1: everybody's situation is different but the one thing that's the same for everybody's situation mostly is you need to at least put money in to meet that company match because that's free money if you don't do that you're just leaving money on the table
0: for for perspective, it's a 100% return on your dollars, right? Exactly. Where else are you going to find
1: that? Well, yeah, then that's assuming they match dollar for dollar. It could be a 50% okay. return yeah, if they do true. 50 cents on the dollar. Still, but still
0: 50% return.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> we'll it, it, yeah. Either way, it's free money, right? And you're going to get, a, you know, your account's going to automatically jump up when you put that money in there. So you definitely want to at least make sure you're contributing to max out that company's match. Now, as far as contributing above and beyond, certainly you you want to save money above and beyond the company match because that's usually maybe 3% or you know maybe 50 cents on the dollar up to 7% or you know whatever the case may be. So, you know, you definitely want to try to save more than that if you can and you know, it depends on what stage of life that you're really in. As you get When you're younger and you're starting to make those contributions, those plans, you know, a lot of those plans will have accelerators where every year it'll increase your percentage gain every year above and beyond. Okay. So you'll want to have that selected. So if you start at 3%, the next year it'll move to maybe three and a half or four, and then it'll move to five and it'll cap at a certain rate. So the idea being is as you get raises, you know, that raise kind of goes into the plan. And then you can, you're living on the same amount of money, really, but you're saving more. So, you know, that's that's something you can do to match. But as far as putting the money in the plan or maybe taking it out and making an IRA contribution, it does kind of depend on your situation because you're, you're going to be capped out on your IRA contribution. And, you know, we're going to talk about it next. And, and the next thing is to Roth or traditional. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is that, if you're making those contributions, whether you put it in an IRA or a 401k, it's the same tax result, but you, you may make too much money that you cannot make a contribution to an IRA outside of the 401k. But in the 401k, you can put up to $19,500 of your own money every year in there. In the IRA, you're limited to to, to six. So, you know, that's, you know, that's one factor to consider there um, is how much you're you're going to contribute. You may not even be able to put, depending on your salary, money into an IRA.
0: Mm, that's a great point. So, yeah, you may max out one and need to switch back over to the other. Uh, a little bit of finagling that can be done. Well, let's go down Correct. that final road, Scott, Roth versus traditional. Uh, if you have that Roth option in your 401k, should you take advantage of it?
1: Well, if anybody's ever listened more than 10 seconds of the, my podcast before... <laughs> they certainly know I am a a big fan of Roth money and I certainly think tax rates are going to be going up in the future. So I am of the opinion that you should contribute as much as you can to Roth as opposed to traditional uh, pre-tax money. Uh, The reason again being for anybody that hasn't caught it before is the fact that I think tax rates are going to go up in the future we're at historically low tax rates now why would you want to defer paying taxes at historically low tax rates in order to pay taxes later on at higher tax rates now you can make the argument say oh well you know I'm going to have less income and I'm when I'm in retirement that very well may be true but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be paying less taxes and it also doesn't mean that taking money out of that 401k is not going to make your Social Security taxable later on. So I definitely like people contributing Roth money into their 401k. It's going to drop your paycheck a little bit more, but I'm telling you down the road when you've got a tax-free bucket of money that you can pull from, excuse me, uh, it's going to be worth its weight in gold. One other thing too is keep in mind the company matches will always go in the traditional bucket. It'll always be pre-tax money. So even if you're doing 100%, let's or say you're doing 7% of your salary, 100% into the Roth bucket in the 401k plan. When that company matches, it's gonna go into the traditional bucket. It's always gonna be pre-tax money, so keep that in mind.
0: Great guidance today. Lots of different issues and concerns to think about when it comes to 401ks, but we know that that impacts so many people as uh, a lot of us have those kinds of plans in our uh, in our portfolios and in our investing life. And a lot of the same principles that we talked about here, I think, can apply to whether it's a 401k or a 403b that you've got or uh, a traditional IRA. Some of the concepts that we've talked about would translate over as well. I'm sure there's uh, a couple of other alphabet soup retirement planning plans that I've left off the list there, Scott. But some of these similar concepts, I think, would apply in those cases, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's the same general idea. You're taking money out of your paycheck. You're contributing to the plan.
0: Yep. Very cool. Uh, Scott Searles, if you want to talk to him to get some advice and guidance on your 401k and how it fits into your overall financial and retirement plan, make sure that you're viewing things as that holistic full picture. You can get in touch pretty easily. Uh, SkyboxFinancialGroup.com is the website. You can give a call 888-742-0111 is the number. Triple eight seven four two zero one eleven, or schedule a free consultation from your smartphone or computer directly at talktoscott.com. Yeah, that's easy to remember. Talktoscott.com, and uh, we'll put the contact information and links all in the description of today's show, so it's easy for you to find. There you have it, the skinny on four hundred one k frequently asked questions. It's now time to get to know Scott a little bit better. <music> It's getting to know you time. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show, and I've got a fun little question for you uh, this time around, Scott. What is a habit that some people have that drives you
1: crazy? Oh, boy, I don't know. I don't know if it's a habit, but it's something people do that drive me crazy. There's a couple of things. Well, there's actually a lot of things. but. Uh, <laughs> I what's mean your, like not what's your put, favorite one? Your favorite
0: thing that drives you crazy? Or is that well, your you, least favorite? I'm not sure how well, that,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I probably got you know, I I think people that get a new roll of toilet paper and don't put it on the toilet paper roll holder, stuff like that drives me Ooh,
0: crazy. okay. That sounds like a personal one like an in, yeah, inside I, the house kind of complaint.
1: But I think what's even bigger than that is when you you meet with with people and you're talking to them in a social environment and they uh You know, somebody that always knows everything and is always a big name dropper. Like, I was just golfing with this guy, and, you know, this guy told me this. Uh this. Or the the story
0: topper, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that stuff just drives me crazy. And uh, I don't know why. It's just like, you know, I don't know. It's just... It's just aggravating to me. I don't know if it's a habit, but it's certainly something some people do that just aggravate the heck out of me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, interviewing Baker Mayfield the other day. We were hanging out at the, uh, at the beach, um, at Cedar Point, And, uh, we were talking about that exact same, same thing, Scott.
1: Yeah. See, that's exactly, see, you're, you're annoying me now, Walter.
0: <laughs> I had to get you back for calling me Wally last week and, yeah, and Ryan yeah. a couple times. Uh, <laughs> that's great. I will, uh, I will stick with yours. Um, I'll just, I, like you, many things that I could pick from here. I'll go with the, uh, the phone checker when you're like at dinner with somebody, a friend or something like that. And they just sit on their phone the whole time instead of like having a good conversation with you. That drives me nuts.
1: Oh, I have to agree with you 100%. I wish I would have thought of that. The other thing is, you know, people that have smartwatches, it's like every little thing, they're looking at their wrist, they're looking at their wrist, they're looking at their wrist the whole time.
0: Yeah, having the phone wasn't enough. We had to put it on our wrists, and soon it'll be on our contact lenses. Absolutely. You're right. Although that'll actually be better because they won't constantly be looking away. They'll be able to just keep staring right at us, but glazing over and just reading what's going on across their their lenses, right? So at least we we won't even know that they're not paying attention and looking away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a less intrusive way to be rude. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Too funny. Uh, I'm sure we could probably
0: do an entire show on the uh, habits of people that drive us crazy. But that's part of the fun of the world is looking at the other things people do to annoy the crap out of you. That's Uh,
1: right. And maybe there's something wrong with us.
0: Yeah, it could be. Uh, But but I doubt it. I think we're we're just fine. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's uh, answer a listener question. And uh, I hope we got a good one today. It comes to us from Ian.
1: It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Okay, Ian says,
0: uh, pretty straightforward, uh, short question here. My long-term care policy says it will pay out a maximum of $250,000 during my lifetime. Do you think, Scott, that's enough coverage?
1: Well, Ian, that's a great question, but I think it might be a little vague. Reason being is that you know, everybody's situation is different. And, and so when we structure long-term care policies for clients, one of the things we look for is, first of all, we're not looking to fund all of the funding needs for the long-term care. So generally, if it says you've got a $250,000 lifetime benefit, you know that could be just for you. It might be joint between your husband and a wife, a shared $250,000 or 250000 each. So that's why I was saying it was a little vague, but I'm going to kind of run through the idea of how you can kind of decide... What's a comfortable dollar amount for you? And so, first of all, you don't necessarily need to fund the whole long-term care stay. And if you think about it, if the average nursing home cost is $90,000 a year, the average stay in a nursing home is $300,000. Then let's say for a three-year stay, then, you know, $250,000 is probably going to be more than enough for one person to have coverage. Now, if you end up you know staying five, six, seven years, then that certainly could be, you know, something that you know, you're you're going to wish you had more. So there's a cost involved with all this too. In order to get more coverage, the premiums are going to be higher. So there's kind of that trade-off between how much coverage do you get and how much you're willing to pay. The other thing you need to be careful for is is there an inflation rider on it? Is that two fifty go up at you know three, four, five percent inflation? So that by the time you actually use it, it may be a half million dollars worth of coverage because, you know, a dollar now is not going to be you know, worth a dollar 30 years from now. It may be worth 50 cents or whatever. So if you're 50 and you're buying a long term care policy and you have a maximum of a 250 with no inflation coverage on it you're definitely probably not gonna have enough. So there's a lot of variables in there. I definitely think that you should probably meet with somebody, show them your policy and say, hey, this is my situation, does this make sense? Do we need to have more, do we need to have less? And does it work out? Because there's a ton of variables that go into this, Ian, that it's just kinda you know hard to lay out on a podcast.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, really good question though, Ian, and hopefully that gives you some food for thought. Common question, just like, hey, do I have enough to retire? Wondering about, hey, is this enough healthcare coverage? Is this enough long term care coverage? Uh, all good questions to have, but you got to, it's a great example of how you have to look at it in the full picture of your financial plan, different ways to yeah. fund those kinds of things, which is good. Um, we have multiple options out there, which is nice.
1: Yeah. And one other thing to add there, Ian, if you want to go to com, schedule a 15 minute phone call. I can kind of, um you know give you a little guidance there might help you out
0: boom that's talktoscott.com if you're in a similar situation that's all you need to do uh talktoscott.com and you can schedule a time to meet with scott right there from your smartphone or computer so easy to do and we'll put the link to that and other contact information to scott in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find all right it's time to find out what we've been watching
1: just sitting at home Shelter-in-place
0: movie TV review. All right, Scott, what's been on the, uh, on the streaming TV for you lately?
1: Well, you know what? We just started watching a new show. We haven't finished it yet. It's called The Haunting of Bly Manor.
0: The Haunting of Bly Manor, okay.
1: Right. So this is a follow-up, kind of a sequel, though all the characters aren't, aren't the same to The Haunting of Hill House that they had on Netflix a couple years ago. Okay. So The Blind Manor, it's, you know, it's, it's related to it, but it's kind of this creepy kind of ghost thing, and you know, it's a really good show if you're into that suspenseful, not super scary, but just, you know, kind of a, light horror show and it, and it you know they have one season of it i think there's you know 10 episodes or something like that but it, it's really good we're enjoying it and, and to it, give you an idea how it's not that scary my you know my sixth grader is watching it with this too and so okay yeah
0: so the suspenseful scary not gory scary or too jumpy scary
1: Right, right. And there's not, like stuff popping out behind corners, and you know, creepy looking creatures. It's just like freaky ghost figures in the background. Subtle, subtle little things that are happening. Yeah, yeah, kind. yeah. But if you like that type of stuff, check it out. You'll like it. Yeah,
0: I could see that being pretty cool. We'll add it to the list. I mentioned last time my wife loves like Halloween type shows, so we'll throw that onto the list. Yeah. Um, I have uh, I watched an older movie, not older, but you know, from a couple of years ago. SWAT. Did you ever see SWAT?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I think I have seen that.
0: With uh, it's got a famous cast: Samuel Jackson, um, yes, Colin, Colin Farrell. I think Farrell. is the main character. Yeah. I've I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. It was just a, a fun rewatch from several years ago to uh, just watch that one again, where they're trying to escort this, like, high-priced-value terrorist target to prison, and they can't get him because the prisoner said, I'll give uh, a billion dollars to anybody who rescues me and and saves me, and so all of these different criminal organizations start coming out of the woodwork to to try and, you know, steal him from the cops so they can get their payday, and it just follows the the, the story of the SWAT team and the people on it who tried to make the team, and then now they're dealing with this issue, and I don't know, it was just a a fun rewatch, you know, action movie type thing, and
1: it was good. I liked it. Yeah. The more you talk about the more I remember, remember about it. remember it, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, also, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm putting it on my list, and I think by the time we uh, do our next recording, I'll have watched it and we'll be able to report back. The Social Dilemma uh, on Netflix, I'm adding to the list. It's supposed to be apparently all about uh, – the dark underbelly of what all of these social media companies are doing to us <laughs> and the, the things you don't want to know but we probably should be aware of i'm almost scared to watch it based on some of the feedback i've heard
1: about it before so yeah, gonna... I, i've not watched that show but i've read things and, and you will be amazed at what facebook knows about you yeah
0: yeah it's a little scary so i mean I'm going to watch it so I can be informed, but it's like, I'm going to be depressed after watching it. So I needed to time it to when I can go do something uplifting and fun afterward. Cause I know I'm going to want to throw my phone in the, in the lake afterward.
1: Well, I, I heard, and I don't know if it's true, maybe they'll cover it on the show that as long as you have the Facebook app installed on your phone, you don't have to be in it or doing anything. They're already They're still tracking mon- you. Yeah. You're already tracking you.
0: Yeah. We've had a lot of some like really weird things. Like I was looking for a hat the other day on my computer in my home office um i i guess i'm revealing i wasn't working very hard that day as i was looking for hats <laughs> and then later that night my wife goes did you buy a new jersey devil's hat today and i'm looked at her like what and she's like and she's she shows me her phone she's getting ads for the exact hat that i was looking at and bought oh. earlier in the day but on her device so i'm like how, how is that creepy very creepy. creepy very creepy also the last last bit this was hilarious I bought her um, a set of pot and pans, like a, a nice ceramic set of pot and pans, um, and we got the delivery. But it, w- it was a surprise. She had no idea it was coming. They were delivered. And about two minutes after they had been delivered, before I'd even gone out and grabbed the box or anything, she got her a- an ad on her phone for those exact pots and pans and she figured it out she said is this what's in that box (laughs) and I was like you gotta be kidding me that is that is weird and creepy and the only thing I can think of is I got a text that like from FedEx or UPS or whatever hey your order of such and such is delivered and that must have somehow triggered that thing from her so it was wild it really was so anyway yes very very weird very creepy I'll try to report back on the uh, social dilemma stuff next time we uh, we record if I have any additional findings. Uh, but Scott, Absolutely. thank you so much for the help and the guidance on the show today. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always fun. I enjoy it. Yep. We'll look forward to doing it again with you next time. For Scott Searles, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you soon right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Browns.